You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Kelly Henderson, and you're listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. So I've been very honest the last few weeks about the process of freezing my eggs and the toll that it's been taking on my everyday life, specifically my work schedule or what I'm now realizing might be my overwork schedule. But I received a ton of messages um, just for comfort from you guys, and they've meant so much to me. So thank you so much for those. I have also received a ton of questions from you guys about the process. And a lot of y'all are thinking about the process. So I just wanted to give you all of the information that I have and give you the answers that I have um, living in one place. In this scenario, I truly believe that knowledge is power and knowing what this process looks like, the cost, the age you need to start thinking about it, just all of those details, they truly can set you up to make the most empowered, best decision for you. Here are Chip Dorsch and I answering all of your questions about egg freezing. Okay, so I have been struggling really hard to keep up with all my work stuff. I've told you about this. I have Chip Dorsch here with me from At Casual. Hey, y'all. <laughs> this is not an At Casual episode, though. You did not tune into the wrong thing. Um, but I have been really struggling to keep up with my work. And so I've had to be really honest with that. Like on my Instagram, I've talked about how sometimes I just cannot do a podcast right now or like blogs have been really hard for me to get you know up on this website and I'm just struggling to keep up with everything between being on set keeping up with my clients and then all the other stuff that I do because I just don't feel good well I mean your your patchwork sort of lifestyle career yeah there's no room in there for a vacation even no you know there's definitely no room for like having you know just not being at your best maybe that's the way to say it like I do work a lot and that's actually been something that's become a huge realization to me when I couldn't do it you know now I'm like oh shit I don't realize how much I do all the time um but also like when you're physically not at your best it's really hard to keep up and totally so when I go like what I've basically had to do lately is just go to set when I'm going to set and keep up with my clients because those are the things that I can't like I just can't not do right their their TV appearances their whatever they don't go away because I'm they rely on you exactly 
Um, so I've had, I have had to rely on my assistant a lot more too for that. But when I do that, it's like, then I'm coming home and I'm like going to bed so early, you know, like seven thirty eight. It's like, it's mentally exhausting. It's physically mentally, exhausting. physically, emotionally, all of it. It's just exhausting. That takes it out of me. So I've had to really cut back and because of that, I've missed a couple podcasts and I'm so grateful that I have the support that I have of all the people who listen to Velvet's Edge because they've all just been like, take care of your body, do what you can. Um, but I did want to get on here and just answer some questions because I keep getting questions in my Instagram. It's a lot to keep up with too. So I'm going to put it all in one place for everyone to listen. Also do want to kind of talk about what this experience has been like. So I narrowed it down to the top questions I get over and over about this egg freezing process. And Chip is going to help kind of guide me through it because I'm terrible at doing podcasts by myself. So. I love to host a good interview. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, um, the first one is, uh, what were the deciding factors for you to actually move forward with doing the egg freezing again? So the hard part about being a girl is it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. When you turn 35, your gynecologist is going to say to you, what is your thought on having a child? Is that something you want to do or not do? If so, we need to start talking about what that looks like because our bodies, when we're born, we have a certain amount of eggs. And immediately, like the second day of your life, you start losing eggs. You know, it's like you have the amount you're going to have the day you're born. And then from then on out, you're losing eggs. So by the time you get to 35, you're getting into the place where your egg reserve is starting to really die down. Um, You know, it doesn't mean you can't have babies after a certain age, but it just means the chances are going to be a lot more slim. So what started happening for me is when I was 35, my guy was saying that I wasn't in a relationship. I definitely wasn't in a place in my life where I was able to think about doing it on my own, you know, just traveling and working and had so much stuff going on at that time. Um, But it was definitely on my radar. And she said, I want by 37, you need to really have made a decision. So um, by 36, I was like, I really need to think about this really heavily. Like stuff doesn't look like it's changing. It's like, I'm not going to get in a relationship and get pregnant right away, you know? So either way I need to think about options. And, um, I just decided I was going to go to the fertility clinic and see how things looked. I really believe like knowledge is power. So if you're just walking around and you don't know, like, do I have a low egg reserve or maybe I'm fine. And like, I don't need to push it this many years or this fast because everyone's body is so different. Um, so I just decided I would go into a fertility clinic and get the answers. Basically that was what pushed me to actually do it. Okay. Um, question about that. I'm going to go, uh-huh. I'm going to go off script a Please little bit. Please do. Um, I was actually talking about this with coworkers the other day, the other day and it's, it's a it's a pressure that women have to grapple with more than men. Obviously, men don't have to do but, shit. So you know, let's look, get real. I'm on hormones and pissed off about it. Right, but if, look, if you're if you are a, a married man and you're trying to conceive later in life, like it's nobody's fault if your wife is older and her egg count is lower. Right. But it is something that then he emotionally has to grapple with. But as a single woman, it's that's different. You you're faced with these questions that it, it's not like it's a cheap thing to do. And it's Mm -hmm. also just under the assumption that one day you're going to fertilize these eggs. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to get these eggs and say, I'm fertilizing it with this. Like you're literally freezing them for the future. So it's, you know, like how do, how do, how, what would you tell women that are like, I don't know if I want to spend this kind of money, but I know I want to have a kid. Well, okay. So for me, that's a really good question. Like for me, 
Hmm. Let me think about how to answer this because the truth is, is even if you go into freezing your eggs, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to a work B later become an embryo. Like, and I'll get into a little bit of that later, but I just knew that like, I know I want to have a kid. I know I want a child. I'm not like married to the fact that it has to be my own. It's what I would want, but like, I can wrap my mind around maybe adoption is going to be for me. Maybe being a stepmom is going to be enough. Maybe, you know, something different would work for me. But I knew that if I got to like 42, I was in a relationship where I wanted that child and I hadn't tried everything that I could, like I hadn't done my due diligence to do everything I could to exhaust all my options to be able to have that option, I would beat myself up. That makes sense. So I just wanted that. Like that was just, okay, I'm going to give this the best effort I can. And then if I know it's not going to work for me or it's then if I decide later not to use the eggs or then if the eggs don't turn into embryos, then, okay, I can grieve that. But no, I gave it my best effort and that just wasn't my path. You know? Yeah, I mean, you would think too. Then, if your only option becomes adoption or stepmotherhood or whatever, you'll be able to look at those kids differently because, like, then it's like those were that was a specific choice at that point. You know, and it's a gift. I mean, I think all kinds of motherhood is a gift. But like, if you know that that wasn't going to physically work for you or whatever it was wasn't going to work for you, then you just can go, okay, like the universe had different it. options for right. me. And that's right. just, that was what really pushed me. Right. You touched on this a little bit in your first response, but what age is too old or too young to consider doing this? I don't know if there is a too young. I don't really know the answer to that. I don't think you have to like freak out about it in your twenties. I think if I could go back, I will, I always say this to girls in their thirties. Like if you turn 30 and you're single, whatever, you still have a ton of time. But what I would do if I could go back is start a savings account. And even if you're putting 50 bucks a month in there, do it for this, you know, because it is expensive, which I'll answer later to you about cost, but it's expensive. And like, you don't think about yourself as ever being in this position. I didn't like, I've always been a relationship person. I never thought, Oh my God, I won't have the option later. And it's like, it's not on your radar as the top thing. You know, it's like, I was building a business, building a career, you know, doing tons of other things, enjoying life, having fun, traveling, like all of that stuff. And I I haven't been ready yet to settle down and do the kid thing, or I haven't been in the right relationship yet. But I I never thought about like, oh God, time's going to run out. It was just kind of like, when I get there, I'll get there. And then I got here and they're telling me like, oh no, no, time might run out. TikTok. Yeah. And so it's a huge pressure. But on top of that, to add the financial burden of whatever it is, is a lot. So if you can already have it saved and then later, if you get pregnant, whatever, you have an extra couple thousand bucks, like you can always use that for something else. Well, it's funny because it's, you know, you're talking about a savings account about money, but Mm -hmm. it's also something that like, perhaps think about the physical savings account of the eggs too. It's like, maybe it's something that younger women should think about like as they near 30 and they they're not in a relationship that you know feels promising they're 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 they have a, a higher reserve of viable eggs like is sure. it like would you recommend to younger women being like look if you think that you might have want to have a kid but you're in no race to like absolutely find the man of your dreams and settle down and be married then 
put some eggs away then. Oh, hell yeah. If or you your chances a, are greater. If you can afford it when you're younger, I just say do it. Because especially if you're like a business minded person or you're building a, a business yourself, you know, like that takes up so much time and energy. And it's, it's similar to any man's life. Like it just pushes back your priority to start a family or, you know, even whatever it is, like have a kid by yourself if that's what you want to do. But like, if you can afford it, yeah, because if you're 32 trying to do this, I mean, like I had to do a month of priming hormones to try to get my body even ready to start the shots. And that shit is brutal. But like when you're 32, you have such a higher reserve probably that you wouldn't have to do that. Or uh, honestly, a lot of messages I've gotten, unfortunately, are people who are younger and they didn't know that they would have a low ovarian reserve. Like I always just say, now go find out, go to the fertility clinic, make an appointment. It's not going to cost a lot. Like just go do all the tests, see where you're at and then just figure out, make a decision. If that's something that you think you're going to want eventually. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So, um, let's get to cost. What are the costs? So it's expensive. So one round essentially is about $15,000 ultimately. Um, And when you say one round, mm -hmm. that is all the hormones leading up to the injections up to the retrieval? Well, that's been my experience, yeah. So like it's, mine was a month of hormones. It's gonna be two weeks of shots. Well, I've had it before. And so I did four weeks of shots the first, I mean, four days of shots the first time. And then they canceled that cycle because I wasn't producing enough in enough follicles. So this round, it's been a month of hormones. Hopefully it will be two weeks of shots and then the procedure and then the overall cost of the, you know, procedure and the medical stuff. Plus the medicine is about $15,000. Wow. Yeah. That's not cheap. Definitely not cheap. And here's the hard part. So like I said, last round, I, used some shots and then it got canceled. So I had to replenish those shots this time, which was like another $2,000. That shit is so expensive. The medicine itself is about half the cost. So, um, so yeah, so it's hard because if it's not taking, you're going into another financial dip if you want to keep going. And so with me, it's like, you know, they, and I'll talk about this more later. I think there's a question about this, but like they want a certain amount of eggs and mine doesn't look like I'll probably be able to get that in one round. And, um, so they're like, but this is when people do multiple rounds, which is an awesome option. But financially that could be a lot because it's like, I mean, who can just drop 15 K yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> over not your average over. person. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of girls doing this are single. So that's like a tricky part of it. And that's why I suggested earlier, if you are younger, it's something you're starting to think about, just start saving. So it's not like this huge. And so it's not this thing where you're like, I want to do that, but I can't, you know, like give yourself the option to do this. Is it something I'm going off script again? Does insurance cover any of this? So some people's insurance might, I'm a self-employed person, so I don't have insurance. That's like killer. It's just the basic. So definitely when you go, especially if you work for a corporation and have really great insurance or something like that, 100% check your insurance. Cause it can take a lot off of the medicine stuff too. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. 
It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So someone asked how you felt about yourself once you finally decided to go through this process. There's, I mean, there's been a range of emotions, you know? It's like, I think the second that I said, I'm going to do this was the most empowered I've probably felt in my life. Like, I don't have to wait to find the perfect relationship. I don't have to, my life doesn't have to line up a certain way that's written down on paper. Like I have the options. I'm taking my power in my life. And, you know, it just feels like you're sort of like doing something for yourself and being really responsible and owning your power. Like I'm a woman, hear me roar kind of thing. Like I can do this. Like not like, I don't need no man. Well, I mean, I was just about to say that sounds a little like, I don't need a man. I want a man, you know, like I want to have a family and I definitely still as independent as I am, have very traditional ideas of like a life that I want with a family. I just do. I love that. Like I, that's what I want. Um, but it just, life is just weird and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or how it's going to work out. And so like setting myself up to get the things that I want felt so empowering, you know, um, since I've been doing it, it, 
it's brought up a lot of grief for me, oddly. Like it's very, um, there are days where I feel super empowered and I'm like, I'm going to take over the world, (laughs) you know? And then there's days where I'm like, this is really hard to do by yourself. And I wish that I had a support of a partner right now that was in this with me and walking through this and I was doing it for us. And so he was like, you got this babe, you know, like that kind of thing. I've felt that a lot. I've really, really grieved that in my life. Luckily for me, I have a wonderful support system and a lot of amazing women around me who've gone through similar things. And so they've been able to kind of like give me that support that I need. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it is definitely like not for the faint of heart. It's like women are fucking, I say this all the time right now, but women are fucking warriors. Like to be able to go to work and do all of this stuff physically and like take on this undertaking and the emotional capacity of what hormones do to your body. And then like the grief that it could bring up or anything that it could bring up for you. It's fucking hard, but like how amazing that like we can do hard things. It's incredible. It was funny. This is a little off topic, but I was with some friends last night and we were talking about like, that what like little shits we were to our moms right like my mom worked full time she would come home she would cook dinner and we'd be like this is disgusting like, what you an know? asshole like, yeah and she probably like in hindsight like cried herself to sleep that night yeah. like you know but she loved us so much that she would never let us see that pain right and of course like if i knew that i was causing my mother that kind of pain i wouldn't have said it like i was just being a kid or a if you had jerk. known the day your mom had and then cooked you right. dinner You would have been like, I'll eat whatever you put on my plate, you know, like you just as a kid, you don't know that kind of stuff. But and honestly, like, I don't know that I fully grasped what women go through, like with pregnancy and like just all of it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And we are not in this world of like, I mean, there's, you know, some women don't work and that's fine, but it's still hard. I don't care who you are. Right. And, um, a lot of women work. And so you still have all like life responsibilities, a job, all this stuff. And your body is making a human being. Right. (laughs) What the fuck? And then think about people with twins and triplets in their bodies that end up on bed rest for five months. It's like, Oh my God. I know. Can you imagine being told you had to lay in bed for five months? No, because I've had to basically do that for a month, like on and off. And like, it's, uh, it's so difficult. It's so frustrating. It's so emotional. Yeah. Look, I, part of me wish I could lay down for a month and take a month yeah, long you nap. Yeah, say that. Until you're four days exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, until, like, until you have to do it. Right. It sounds ideal. And then you're like, okay, I've watched as much Netflix as I possibly can. Plus, life goes on and like all of your responsibilities are still there. Still there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so has it been scary or painful? Um, I think the scariest part was like the unknown. So this round... Okay, no, I take that back. The first round was scary because I didn't know. And so it was like that unknown feeling of like, um, what is it going to feel like to give myself shots? What is that going to, how are the hormones going to affect my body? This time was scary um, for different reasons because, you know, I knew a lot more. So I felt comforted in like, okay, I know what that's going to feel like with the hormones, although I didn't because they put me on more and it was a little different. But like, I kind of knew how I would react. Um and like I would need more sleep. I tried to set myself up a little better. Couldn't work as much, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I knew what the shots would feel like, which are not fun, but they're doable. Like it's a tiny needle and it's, I'm doing, I'm about to do four times a day, which is not fun. But I think some people only do twice and like it's doable, you know? 
Um, it's scary for different reasons though, because I had to cancel the last round. And so I'm like, is this going to work for me? And am I doing this for nothing? Like those right. are the scary things. I think like I'm going to Chicago. I'm actually flying out after we do this podcast and I'm going to have my first ultrasound. And I think I'm going to feel a lot less scared and a little more peaceful if I have a positive ultrasound, you know, like right. once I get more into the shot process and they're like, okay, Hey, this is going well. And like, Oh, here's the, how many follicles and those kind of things. I think that'll take some of the fear away. But if you're in it and you're like, doing all this stuff to your body and your body can kind of react kind of crazy. Sometimes you're just like, what if I'm doing this for nothing? Yeah. You know, and that's scary. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, like you touched on this earlier, like you're doing it for, for answers really. Like ultimately you're doing it in the hopes that you're going to have, be able to have your own child. Right. But if the answer that you get through this process is that, it's not possible for you to have a child, then, then I'll you look shift at other gears. options. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think I answered the painful part. Did I? Um, not really. Okay. I mean, okay. So with the medicine, like the hormones, I've had to do progesterone to testosterone and estrogen and it's not painful. It makes the testosterone I went through, like it kind of makes your body mimic early pregnancy. So I literally would get morning sickness. Like I was wow. puking and whatever. And then I kind of figured out ways to balance it out. Like I need to eat right when I wake up, can't have coffee on an empty stomach. You know, like you just start to figure out different things. So that was okay. Progesterone makes you feel tired as hell. Like it is just exhausting. And that's where that brain fog stuff I've been talking about. That's what I feel is just like, I'm like here, but I'm not here kind of thing, you know? Um, so, but it's not painful. It's just sort of like ick. And that's, it's anytime I think, you know, like, okay, I just have to do this for four weeks. Like I can, you can, you can kind of suffer through it. And like, if you have an end goal, it's like, I can do anything for that amount of time. Like I'll be okay there. You know, this two shall pass. Um, the shots, one of the shots that I have to do burns a little bit, like when the medicine goes in, but again, all of the shots are tiny needles and you put them in your stomach. Um, it's not fun by any means, but it's doable. Like it's, it's smaller than a Botox needle. And I love when those needles go in. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it must've been hard the first time they're like, well, here you go. Give yourself a shot. I mean, like some of them you have to like mix up the concoction yourself. And I was like, I'm going to die. Cause I'm going to fuck this up. Like I, but you figure it out and I don't know that there's a way to like super fuck it up or they probably wouldn't let you do it yourself. Um, but yeah, like honestly this morning when I woke up, I was like, Oh, you just are kind of, cause you know what it's going to feel like. And yeah, you're just like, blah, it's not what you feel like going to do, but you just do it. You just take a deep it. breath and you just fucking do it. Right. It's a millisecond of pain. It is a millisecond of pain. But again, if you want me to hate on men for a second, <laughs> <laughs> if y'all had to do it, I would, I mean, I just feel like I would hear about it all. You know, like it's just, yeah, you can, but women can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so how long is the process from start to finish? Okay, so a month of priming hormones is what I've done. Again, I don't think everyone has to do that. Um, and then I'm about to do shots for two weeks. And then you do the procedure. And then you do a pill that kind of brings your body back to getting a period. Because all the stuff that you do takes that away. And so that for me, the last round was about 14 days. And the weird thing about once you start the shots and then once you're on that pill until you get your period you can't work out you can't um have sex like you can't do a lot of physical activity because it 
expand your ovaries. Like it just blows them up so that they can go in and get the eggs. And so your ovaries can get twisted. So like if someone said to me like, oh, well, you could still do like yoga. And I'm like, no, actually, that's the worst thing you can do because any sort of weird position could twist your ovaries and then you would have to have surgery. So I'm not trying to have another surgery with this stuff. So I just I don't exercise, Um, which is a little bit of a buzzkill. But again, you're just like, this is a short period of time. Probably adds to your tiredness, too. It does. And I think the weird thing is, is like your body changes. This is the closest I've ever had to like go experience what it would be like to be pregnant. Um, but it's a weird thing. Cause you know, like hormonally you're off. And so you don't feel your best. Like, I'm not like, Oh, I'm just like some sex maniac. Like I feel so sexy right now. I feel so not sexy. Um, and your body is changing. I haven't had energy to work out. So I really haven't worked out for like a month and I didn't realize how much weight I put into like my physical body. You know, like I've just always been very active. I've always worked out. I've always eaten healthy. So I've been in shape and like clothes fit me a certain way. And, and I've felt fine about it. I didn't, I didn't really have a concept of that. And now like clothes don't fit me the same way and I don't feel the same way. Like I didn't realize how much weight that can put on how you feel about yourself. So I've had to really start shifting, like, but think about what your body is doing. Like it's doing something really amazing right now. And like really trying to love myself from that aspect versus like the pressure that I put on my physical appearance appearance. Right. I feel like that makes me sound so shallow, but that's just the truth. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I definitely know like, truly pregnant women who like struggle with gaining weight. And then Mm -hmm. some women are like, fuck it. I'm eating for two. And and then don't care. So it's two extremes, but yeah. um, Whatever's healthy. Yes. And it feels, I think it feels weird because you feel almost like your body's not your own. Right. Like it's like my body is doing something right now that is awesome, but it's also pumped full of all these things that I would never actually put in my body. So that feels weird. Like I'm so weird about medicine and weird stuff. Um, but I've had to just really lean into it. Like that's okay. And like this in the grand scheme of your life is a short period of time that is so worth it. And so beautiful that you can even have this option. Right. Um, so in order for a retrieval to be successful, Mm -hmm. uh, how many eggs do you need to retrieve? My doctor keeps saying they would love like 15 to 20 because the deal is, is it's a numbers game. Like, so you go in, you retrieve these eggs and they freeze them. And I think this answers one of the next questions too, but they freeze them. They don't test anything. They, they're, they're not like, they don't know if they're healthy eggs or like quality eggs or if they're not. So when you find that out is when you go back in and you're trying to make an embryo later. So when you have the sperm too, and so, and they can test also then for like, um, chromosome issues or anything like that. So like you want, when do they test the viability at that point? At that point. Okay. So like when I go in, say I get, uh, six eggs or something, um, they won't know anything about those eggs until later when I want to use them. Gotcha. So it's scary. That's another, that's a fear part for sure. Um, so you want as many as you possibly could get, which is why they say like, so if I'm only able to get six this first round or something that I might want to do another one just to have like a higher number of options, you know, like I saw Amy Schumer post something cause she's been doing IVF. She got 36 eggs or something insane and one of them turned into an embryo. Wow. Which was actually like super discouraging when I read that. But 
everyone's body is so different. And I've really been researching on how to like have better quality eggs. There's a book called it starts with the egg and it's all about the diet and, um, the other things you're putting in your body beforehand. And so like, hopefully you can get a better round, like not even just numbers wise, like quantity wise, but quality wise, because right. that's actually what matters. And it only takes one. It only takes one. It only takes one. So did I um, answer that question? <laughs> and you touched on the viability and, um, what the health it? and missing chromosomes. So we, yeah. that was a question that someone had posed. Oh yeah. Oh, so you were saying the number, the, the more, the better, the more, the better. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that Amy Schumer's doing IVF. What's the difference between freezing your eggs and IVF? So freezing your eggs is actually just the first part of IVF. So instead of like what she's doing is she did what I did and then they made it into an embryo and inserted it back inside of her. Or I guess she, I guess she got it inserted back already. Um, but I'm just doing the first part, which is just to take the eggs out and then I'm freezing them because I'm not actually ready to have a child yet. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so the IVF is, IVF is like in vitro fertilization. Right. I mean, it, I and say they it's, are it's fertilizing like, the exactly. Egg. It's just the first half of IVF. Gotcha. Okay. Which is why like IVF is like thirty thousand dollars. So it's like that's why that's why this is fifteen because it's just the first part. And so then when you go back later to make it into an embryo, it's another fifteen thousand or whatever. Start saving those fifty dollars no a week. Shit, kids. man, I'm all over it. <laughs> so um let's talk concerns. Are there any long term long term concerns with you shooting yourself full of these hormones and stuff? Well that was a huge thing for me because I am super clean normally. I hate taking medicine. I don't take birth control. I'm very like I like to keep my, I mean it's very important to me to keep my hormones regulated. Like I've had um, stuff where they're off in the past and that's like, you know, caused me to be extra tired. So I see this natural doctor, Dr. Motley. I've actually done a podcast with him too. He's amazing. He's a uh, chiropractor kinesiologist and he helps me to keep everything regulated. So I've already been like, before I even knew I was doing this very in tune with like keeping hormones regulated. I've never done birth control cause I did it once and it made me feel like shit. And so I just, try to keep all that normal. And so that was a huge concern of mine going into this. Like it's, it's like literally the opposite of everything else I do in my life. But, um, I've started also researching and there's a lot of like different diets and stuff that people do once they get off of this stuff to try to get them like back in. And I mean, sure. I don't have the, like, could it like up the risk for breast cancer later or something? I mean, I think anytime you're fucking with your hormones, it's bad like that, you know, like, of course it could, but to me, the, there was no like proof that freezing your eggs does that women do it all the time. And the option of freezing my eggs was, you know, a better option for me than, um, not. So I just decided to take that chance. And like, I know a ton of women who've done it and they're completely fine. So I don't want to see you growing a beard though. That's what everyone keeps me like. Have you started talking like this? <laughs> Do you have any hair on your chest yet with that testosterone? No, but like I will say, I'm like a fucking pissed off all the time. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm like, let's talk more about men. <laughs> well, um, so let's sort of take it back to the very beginning. Advice on choosing a doctor. Okay, this is actually a great topic for me because people keep being like, why are you going to Chicago? So I did go to a fertility clinic in Nashville. There's actually only one and they're great. Like I have nothing bad to say about them at all. For me, my experience was going to that. It was the Nashville Fertility Clinic. They work with so many people or whatever, but I would be sitting in the lobby with like couples of, or like 
to a, a couple that was pregnant and I just felt super isolated, you know? And so I found out about this company because honestly, one of the nurses was on the bachelor, Whitney, if, if anyone watched Chris soul season and I knew that she had done this. And so I kind of had heard about this company because people like Caitlin Bristow and a couple other people had done it and they've talked about it. And, um, I became very intrigued because they only do egg fertilization. It's also a company that was started by women. Like it's the, all the people that work there are women. And it just feels very like, you know, if you're going into this as an empowering thing, it felt very empowered to me and very like they're super hands-on. They've been there. Most of them have frozen their eggs. And so it just felt right. Like it's a very boutique situation where, they know what it's like. They can relate. They're there for you. And it's only egg freezing. Also, the doctor there, and this is something I can recommend to everyone. The doctor there, his rate of actual births and pregnancies was extremely high. Like he's won a bunch of awards for that. Like he's in the top, you know, percentile of that. And so that matters. You don't want to just like go into this and freeze your eggs and not know about your doctor's success rate. Right. So that would be one of the biggest things that I would recommend to people to look into. Like what, how many like births have they actually had from this process? And OVA, which is where I'm going in Chicago, has had a very high percent. And so that was like, it sold me. That was the final straw of why I did it there. Research your doctors. Research your doctors and find the place that like feels right to you. Because like I said, you're not in your best state. Like it's like kind of a fragile time in your life. And so when I go up there, anytime I go into the office, like these women make me feel so calm about everything. And that's just super important to me. It's like the experience of it, you know, and like knowing that a lot of them have done it and they're, they, a lot of them have kids from it. I mean, that's super motivating and it's like, okay, like this can happen. This can work. And I need that extra push right now because I think if I was, you know, in another situation, it might not be as inspiring to me. Right. And you're also vulnerable. You're on heightened emotional state because of the hormones. Yes. You need that comfort. So we've asked all the questions that, um, your followers or readers or whatever listeners, but I had one question. What's that? Is there um, a second act for any of these eggs? So say you get pregnant naturally or a woman who's frozen a bunch of eggs passes away unexpectedly. Are you trying to get my eggs? No, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, how much they cost? Like, um, I only want the viable ones. Uh, <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but no, is there a, is, like, is there a a use for these eggs that might not be used. Like that's a great question. I've actually thought about that. I haven't even been able to go there mentally because I'm just like, just get the eggs, you know, like I'm more concerned of that part right now. But I think about that. I'm like, I know in their egg bank, they probably have a ton of eggs just sitting around. And like my other thought is because this is just how my life has worked. And like the universe is always up to something. I'm like, I just know I'm going to go through this and this is going to be a sort of like growth experience for me or some sort of strength building, you know, like bring Kelly to the next level of who she needs to be kind of thing. Um, and then I'm going to get pregnant naturally, right? you know, like it's right. just like, I'm going to go through all this stuff and then probably just get knocked up, which would be great. But then like, what about the eggs? Like you're right. saying, I don't know. I've thought about it. I'm like, could I donate them? You know, yeah, like, I mean, I have- is that even an option is what I'm curious about. And yeah. I remember reading a story about, um, 
a family, a couple that did in vitro. Yeah. And they um, they weren't ready to have the babies yet, but they fertilized. Oh, but yeah. But they, they had an agreement between the two of them. And I don't know if this is something that the clinic makes you do or if this is something they just decided to do. That if they ended their marriage, neither of them could use the fertilized eggs. Okay. Um, without the permission of the other party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because that's like... A because you, then you're bringing a child you. into the world that someone else is responsible for, but you're not married any longer. Right. And the woman wanted to have the kids, and it was devastating because the court stood by the contract and said, you signed this contract. Oh, so they did get divorced. Yeah, they, they ended up getting divorced, and she wanted to go ahead and have a baby. And he wouldn't she let her? Couldn't, the only way that she could have a baby of her own now, because she'd reached an age where she didn't have no. viable eggs, was to do use one of those, and the court wouldn't let her do it. So, so I'm just wondering if this is a lesson. Fertilize. Do not fertilize your eggs until you know that you want to have the kid then. Well, the other thing about that, though, the reason they probably did it is because um, the viability is better if they are fertilized. Fresh. If they're uh, already fertilized. Like, I guess they freeze better. Like, it can maintain right. better. Because, like, there is a chance if you're just doing the egg that you know when you take them out some of them i don't know i don't know the right terminology right. but some of them are cracked right <laughs> scrambled humpty dumpty like this is just <laughs> just trying to make light of it i don't know <laughs> um but yeah so like i know your chances are higher if you go ahead and fertilize, fertilize yeah mm-hmm. well then the lesson here is make sure your contract says i get to keep these babies either way oh cr- oh cr- <laughs> Uh, anyway i hope that i've helped answer a lot of you guys questions you can always message me at velvet's edge on instagram or at info at velvet's um sorry too if i sounded a little i feel like i was kind of like wah wah i think this is a great experience like i right now i'm on so many fucking hormones and i think that it's hard and i don't want to lie about that but like it's also amazing you know and the fact that we can do this and technology has given us oh, this it's option so insane. it's insane and it's amazing and it does open up the world to so many possibilities for women because you can build your career you can make the life you want and you can still have babies like you just don't have to do it on the timelines we've been held to in the past which is amazing well i think those a lot of those timelines weren't about women being able to carry babies it was about the viability of eggs sure but science didn't know that yet now we're at a place where we know it's truly about viable eggs versus viable womb right because older women can carry babies right so yeah so do what's right for you do your research and if there's anything i can help anybody with please feel free to reach out at velvet's edge i will keep you guys posted i'm heading to chicago tonight so fingers crossed for some good news and hopefully i'll be back to my normal self soon and we can be back to podcasting regularly yeah do you have anything chip you're just (laughs) i'm I'm just like worried why i can't do my eggs I don't have any eggs, you guys. I think they figured that out. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, and I'll be back soon with an update. This is Kelly Henderson, and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 